this is the Coach Murph podcast, and this is meant to be a resource for athletes. And today I got one of the best guys that I could have uh, talked to athletes in high school and college. Today I have Joey Lauer. He is at 60 ERA guy on social media. He has 33,000 followers on Instagram and 66, almost 66 on TikTok. So, dude, you're almost at that 100K mark. Did you realize that? No, I didn't really realize it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Dude, that's a milestone right there. Heck yeah. But dude, when did you start going like deep into your uh, social media? When did you start it? Not that long ago. Uh, I would say I didn't really know how to do it back in like 2019. And I sort of like enjoyed doing it at that point in my life. But I just didn't really yeah. know how to like actually do it properly to engage people. Mm-hmm. So I sort of... I sort of started like actually doing it probably start of 2022-ish. And then okay. from there, I sort of really took off with it and tried to use utilize it as something where I know I can create the future I want out of it. So that's my okay. goal with it. Yeah. So that's really interesting because I'm someone that really harps on utilizing social media because I think it's extremely powerful and particularly so for athletes that are trying to get noticed and, and showcase their talents or tell their story to get uh, people familiar with them uh, because that's honestly just such a huge factor in recruiting. A coach can't know that you're a great fit for their program if they don't know about you. So social media is a great way uh, to bridge that gap. I want you to talk about kind of the opportunities that uh, social media has allowed for you. And you just said uh, create future opportunities and, you know, future circumstances for yourself. Uh, How's that been going and what are you trying to ultimately accomplish? Uh, Ultimately, my goal would be eventually one day creating my own sort of facility and coaching kids, whether that's in the area I live now or somewhere else, not totally sure. But uh, that's my goal eventually. And that's sort of been my goal since the start. And I knew like, obviously social media is not going anywhere in this day and age. And it's kind of one of the best avenues, especially like me being a college student right now, I don't really have the money or access to like self-promotion any other way. So it's sort of been a somewhat, I think, easy process to slowly just get the ball rolling on what my future endeavors hopefully will be. I love that, dude. And I think, so one thing that's going to help you in all those endeavors is that you have clear credibility. You are so transparent in in what you post. You post your workout clips. You, You tell people your story that is very unique and is like a mental challenge that people can uh, relate to in, in a physical challenge, of course. You posted a very awesome video, your most viral video, because people related to it. They they want to see you win. It's it's a really cool story. And, and the what the real cool story is is how dedicated you are to combat that. I want you to just give a little rundown of of um, kind of what's been going on the last couple of years. Yeah. So basically, out of high school, I sort of was in a position where. I got a great opportunity to play at Siena. And basically from there, once I got that opportunity, I sort of shifted my gears towards trying to become as good as I possibly could so that when I got to Siena, I would be a contributor as best I could immediately. And obviously I did as best I could out of high school and just like building myself, trying to become as good as I possibly could, as fast as I possibly could. And eventually like got to school, And it seemed promising, like my freshman year 
fall was going pretty well. I thought not necessarily would I be like the best guy on the team, but I thought I could definitely contribute and help the team win. And I got back to school in the winter of that year and I ended up hurting myself because of just like a culmination of a bunch of different things. I feel like being a swimmer throughout my entire like early life and on top of being a baseball player, it caused me to just like overuse my upper extremities to a point where it caused nerve damage. And I got this injury called thoracic outlet syndrome. And it just happened to be the breaking point right at that point in my life. And from there, no one really understood like what was happening. And I didn't either. I was trying to like figure out what was happening. But uh, essentially what happened was like one day I was just playing catch and I couldn't like feel the ball in my hand. It sort of felt like a, I, I, I like to describe it as like, I was trying to throw a ball of ice because it was just so like slick or like if you were throwing in the rain, like you got a ground ball and it was a rainy day and it, the ball got soaked and you go to throw it from shortstop to first and you just have no feel of it. It was like that for me, whether it was five feet away, hundred feet away, like I just couldn't feel the ball. And then on top of that, like actual physical issue, I started to like think too much about it. And then that sort of led into like yips sort of stuff. And then it was sort of a battle of two different things where with like actually not being able to feel the ball and mentally not being in a state where I've always been. So it was sort of a interesting endeavor to uh, try and overcome. And I still have my moments where I'll sell one or something or hit one of my teammates in a live at bat, something like that. But overall, I would say like what I've done over the last two, three years to combat it and try to come out victorious on the other side is something that I felt was necessary to document if I'm going to try and stay involved in this area for the rest of my life. Dude, love it. I'm so glad you're doing that. You slipped it in there. Sienna's a D1 school. You're playing D1 baseball. And um, just to clarify, thoracic outlet syndrome, I think that's, this is something that people had no idea about about five years ago. I think it was very popularized. That's the same one that uh, Markel Fultz has. You see how much it affects him, and he's a basketball player. And then you think about baseball player where we're using our arm and our shoulder 100 times as much or you know, far more. It's, it's more of a, yeah. a thing. What has that rehab process looked like for you? You said you still have your moments where you're hitting guys and stuff, but I'm, I want you to talk more about the mindset of how do you stay so level-headed and dedicated to to work through that where you know, if someone with a with a poorer mindset might say oh like why me like this is bs and might you know feel sorry for themselves you're taking the opposite approach and attacking it head on what allows you to do that it's sort of just something i feel like i was born with i feel like uh, i i've never said i'm gonna do something and not given given it my all to like try and achieve so I mean, obviously this is like a pretty big roadblock in my journey of baseball in general, but I feel that it's something that if I can overcome, then I will continue to be on the path of success and achieve my goal, which is ultimately something I've been saying since I was four, that I want to play in the professional major league baseball or minor league baseball, one or the other. So that that's sort of my perspective is it's just another roadblock that I got to figure out and pave a way through. Otherwise, I'm not going to achieve the goals that I set out and said I was going to do. Love it, dude. And to give people an idea of like what type of baseball player you are, you throw 95 miles an hour as a dude that's 5'9", 5'10". 
which is hard to come by. And Summer Ball 2019, you're at a 1-8 ERA over 40 innings. Any ERA in the ones is a pretty dominant, good season. So can you tell me why your this is very eye-catching to everyone. I think people ask this question. Why is your handle 60 ERA guy? Yeah, so it's, the handle is 60 ERA guy because I had one. I had a 60 ERA in uh, my sophomore year of college. And that was because I just could not feel the ball and I was trying to play through an injury. So, yeah, it was it was not pretty. But I feel like it kind of shows the transparency that I try to have with the content that I make because – I feel like there's a lot of people out there that do do and say a lot of different fake things. And it's just a lot easier to be yourself, be transparent and market yourself in that way, because then people can actually resonate and they're not going to be like, oh, this guy's trying to put himself on a pedestal above everyone else when he's not. And like all of us can look at each other, judge each other from a basis where they feel that they're better than another. But like at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all the same in a lot of ways and it'd be crazy to try and be like i'm better than somebody else in that regard love it dude yeah people see that transparency and everyone's rooting for you i think in this like it would be so sick 60 ra and then just you know if even if you have any sort of good outing uh this season like that is a huge win and people love the transparency and i the biggest thing uh that i think you provide players is like you know you're you're not you know, six four and just have natural ability to throw throw ninety. You worked very hard and you've documented how you've gotten up to that point. Uh, can you just talk about the role that um, you know your strength training and physical training has played to get you into the position that you are now? Yeah, so I've had a lot of uh, good mentors in my life, my dad and also my uncle. So I've kind of I've been lucky. My uncle is actually not married and doesn't have kids, so I kind of have like two father figures in my life. And um, just having like both my dad and my uncle in my life, they've both guided me in both in like different ways. Like my dad's been sort of just on top of making sure that I'm doing everything I need to do. And my uncle's kind of pushed me to find new limits because, I mean, he's not exactly a genetic specimen either. He's a 5'5", and he played Division One baseball. He was a two-way and uh, would throw upwards of 90 being 5'5", which was pretty impressive. So I think I definitely have like a little bit of a genetic advantage in that regard. But um, he, he sort of was the big reason why I started lifting at a young age, because that was what he did when he was young. He, I think he's just naturally one of the most God given athletes that I've ever met. I mean, this guy told me when he was 13, first time ever bench pressing, he bench pressed 270. So that's kind of my arm would snap crazy. dude but um yeah he basically sort of the fact that he was like so much beyond what i could accomplish especially at a young age it sort of was like a rabbit chasing a carrot like i wanted to get to his level and beyond mm-hmm. and obviously like there's a lot of strength exercises where i mean he's 56 now and i still can't outlift him but he sort of was a big reason why I was like always hungry and trying to be better than him. And I mean, he was obviously he got to the highest level of college baseball. He had some opportunities to try out for major league teams. Didn't exactly work out in his favor because he um, ended up getting sick. But like that was just sort of I had that around all the time. He was working out with me every time I lifted. 
and just like being there for me at that time in my life. I think that was so impactful and it created the hard work that I have now and just the work ethic of like putting in work every single day and trying to make my family proud, make myself proud and do it, do what I need to do. Dude, that's awesome. I think the biggest thing in almost anything that you're trying to pursue, whether it's sports, um, you know, career, et cetera, you need to have good mentors because those are ultimately the people that are helping to guide you and direct you. So like, again, th this podcast, I'm trying to make it like a, a resource for athletes to hear from other athletes and hear from coaches and, you know, kind of just have something in their ear that kind of replicates that. But how important is it to like, you know, you just talked about how your dad and uncle helped you uh, growing up and making sure you're staying on top but when you're you know in season season to season like dealing with thoracic outlet syndrome and just the journey uh, related to that like how good is it or how vital is it to have a good mentor in your ear to help you through those mental stuff even too i think it's extremely important i feel that without them i wouldn't be half the person i am today i feel like without having that influence back home just being able to like get on the phone talk to them and be like listen i'm not I'm not in the best headspace right now. Everything seems to be going south. I can't do nothing right. But like just hearing reassurance on top of like being like, come on, you're better than this. Like a big thing my dad always says is like, you're a lower, you can figure it out. And I mm -hmm. think that, I think that sort of logic where he's like putting precedence on my ancestors would be disappointed if I was sobbing about having a bad outing or something. Like I need to just be better and I, I take that home with me a lot where I'm just like at a point now where I don't even need that phone call. I just know exactly what they're going to say and I remember it and then I'm good. Hmm. Dude, that's a really interesting perspective, like having the kind of the, the family pride component and doing it for other people. I think that mindset actually like helps take the pressure off you because like when you're doing it, when you're doing something just for yourself, I think it's easier to get down or, or I don't know, put more pressure on you because it feels more like you're you're failing yourself. And I'm this way. I get more motivated when I'm doing something like for someone else. So I think that's a perspective that maybe a lot of athletes have never even thought about. Like a lot of internal like combustion can come from that mindset of like, it's all on me. It's all on me. But when you're doing it for your family and trying to make other people proud, like that's such a it's like a, a silent motivator that, that a lot of people don't take advantage of. So that's a really cool perspective. I want you, and if you're comfortable talking about this, Joey, you post on uh, your Twitter and uh, your Instagram every day a daily prayer. And I'm, I'm Catholic. I think, you know, just my faith is a big part of my life too. Uh, but the biggest thing it does for me is like, you know, we just talked about mentors and guidance. I think that's absolutely a guiding factor for me and it helps me stay level-headed. It kind of, you know, whenever I, you know, go to church or I, I do a prayer, it kind of just helps me kind of go retrospectively or I think that's the word, but it, it makes me think of these little things that I think are the absolute world or like so important or uh, is stressing me out a bunch. It makes me kind of just like breathe and realize like, you know, like this is so minute in the grand scheme of things. So uh, if you're comfortable talking about it, Joey, what does your your faith, uh, what role does that play uh, in your life and especially with sports? 
Yeah, it plays a, it plays a role of everything. I think uh, That's right. without without God and Jesus, it'd be uh, very hard to go about your daily life and not look inwardly. Obviously, it's I've fallen into the trap too. I mean, when everything started to spiral, I sort of felt that it was all on me. It was I'm in, I'm alone in the world and I don't know how to fix it, and I'm the only person that can fix it. But um, when you just like take a step back, realize that there's so much more than whether it's your sport, whether it's your classes, just realizing that there's so much more than that. Your spiritual spirituality is very important. And uh, I just sort of look at it as anything I do. So like, obviously with social media, you're kind of putting yourself out there. And uh, I feel like it's essential in this day and age to achieve your entrepreneurial goals to do that. But if I'm going to put myself out there, I'm also going to put out the uh, importance that faith has had on me and also just like serving God in general. If I have a platform, I want to make sure that I'm serving God because without God, I wouldn't be anything. And if he didn't give me these gifts, then I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing as it is. So I think it's important to make sure that you give glory to the most high and the guy that gives us all the strength in the world. Well said, dude, you just motivated me to to do a better job in, in doing that. Can you give like from a high school player's perspective, what would that thought process look like for a player trying to like calm everything down? I would say like, especially for me, is sort of just like the process of prayer. I feel like praying is a big piece to achieving that because obviously like if you sit down and you have a prayer and you, you're just sitting there in silence for like two, three minutes, even if it's a minute, like mm-hmm. just that short little time where you can be like, all right. This isn't all about me. I need to recenter myself, talk to God and just give it, give all my worries to him. Because obviously I feel that like worry, anxiety, all these anxious sort of tendencies that people have instilled in them are rooted from somewhere and not from God. So if you can just give all of that worry to him, it's something that you don't really have to deal with. You, You let him deal with it and you just keep going about your day and doing as best you can to serve him. Dude, that was so well said. Like we all have ingrained like this uh, tendency or pull to anxiety or worry, but I, that's really not not natural. Like uh, that's not meant to to be in us. So you know, using our faith to kind of anchor us away from that is so huge. And you know, it, it's helped me in in sports, but also in everything I I do in life. So I think that's a huge point. Um, one thing that you you didn't mention. Um, talking about your story and i got this from your video about your story i thought this this blew my mind you committed d1 before you even pitched a varsity inning can you tell me how that happened yeah so basically uh what happened there was with my varsity season i tried out as a sophomore but i was still like physically underdeveloped like i hadn't gone through puberty or anything really at that point still so i'm like 16 and not developed i'm like 5'2 still very small and i tried out i ended up topping like 80 miles an hour at the tryout which was pretty good for that size but uh, it just like wasn't enough and i wasn't physically big enough where i couldn't do anything to help them other than pitch so he was like we'll, we'll let you stay down on jv hit pitch and i did well i was gonna get called up for uh the playoffs and then they just didn't call me up because they ended up losing the same day that our last jv game happened so that's how the sophomore year went. And then as that JV season had started going on, I started to uh, get 
growing. Like I think I ended up being five, seven by the end of that year. And uh, at that point I went from like throwing 75 early on in preseason, 80 at the tryouts. And then by the end of the summer, I had hit 85. And then I was like, all right, if I'm up to 85 now, I can start like looking around at schools. Yeah, that plays. And and, uh, my recruitment was actually pretty interesting. So it was all occurring within one fall. My my first couple camps, I went to uh, Clarkson, which is like a very small D3 up in uh, northern New York, Union College. And then I had some good feedback from them. They said that they would take me as a pitcher, which was exciting. I was like, all right, awesome. I'll be able to play college baseball. So then I went to like a PBR. I think I threw like, I was pretty upset about it. I think I threw like 81 at the event. So that was a little bit down in velocity and I wasn't happy about that. But um, from there, I got an invite to go pitch at Stony Brook for their camp in that fall. I also got an invite to UAlbany and I got an invite to Sienna. And so what happened was Sienna was first. I went to Sienna. And I don't think the coaching staff expected anything of me. I was still very small and like, I just didn't picture them feeling like they could uh, do anything with me at that point. But what happened was I show up and I ended up striking out nine out of the 10 batters I faced. So that on top of my off speeds and I got up to like 83 that day. So being that small, good off speed pitches. And I think what helped a little bit was they have this guy that they had this guy that's also now on the Tigers at this time, Brandon White. You can look him up. He uh, he came in similar stature, similar movement profiles to what I have and ended up getting drafted out of Seattle. He's the most recent draft pick we've had. So I think that kind of benefited me because then, like, they were like, oh, he could be like the next Brendan. And uh, they ended up giving me an offer after that. I ended up going to Stony Brook. They didn't end up, I didn't end up getting to a point where they gave me an offer, but we were still in talks after the camp. And then I ended up just not even going to the UAlbany camp because I'd committed to Siena. And basically what happened was I had some stuff going on back home. I wanted, my grandma was very sick and my dad had ended up uh, having, getting caught in between jobs. And I just felt like it was the best decision to commit to Siena. And I haven't looked back since and I'm, happy with the decision I made. Yeah, dude, congratulations. That is incredible. Like just the the growth, like throwing 75 and then just making that jump to 85 is life-changing. Obviously, the growth spur help, but I think, you know, it's your it was your dedication to to building your strength to be able to put yourself in that position. Uh for me, you know, I said I I wanted these aspirations of, you know, playing at these high levels and stuff. But I just really didn't put the work uh, behind it. I didn't get in the weight room like at all to even have an, an effort or have a chance to uh, reach that level. So I think it's so important. Like the moment you hit high school for athletes, I think it's time that you make a plan. Like you align with what your goal is and you put a plan around that. I think so many players get caught in just kind of, you know, saying things, but not actually taking action or, or formula formulating a game plan uh, to attack that. Where would you say players can start with like, like if, if a player's listening to this and they're unsure of what they want to do or, or how to reach their goal, what's the first uh, plans of action that you would give to a player to uh, do for themselves? 
I would say step one is to find the goal. So if you say you want to play Major League Baseball, you have to then outline, okay, what are the steps I need to take? What's the timeline between now and then that I have? And what do I necessarily need to get done during that amount of time? And then from there, I would say you backtrack into like short-term goals. So like, let's say I'm a freshman in high school and I want to be a major league baseball player by the time I'm 25. What are you going to do between when you're 15 and 25? That's 10 years. And then you're going to set goals between each of those 10 years. So what's the goal from freshman to sophomore year, sophomore to junior, junior to senior, and you just keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's sort of the process that I follow. Obviously, it's never going to go to the plan you plan out as a freshman in high school, but uh, it's sort of that sort of process. And it's always constantly forever changing. I mean, my process and my goals, obviously, it's changed a lot since I got hurt, but it's been pretty much the same thing. And I've noticed it's not linear, as many people say. It's not a cliche statement at this point because mm-hmm. it truly isn't linear. I mean, there's just so many different ways that it can all unfold. And as long as you have the vision of this is where I am, this is where I'm going to end up, this is how I'm going to do it, and then you're able to adapt and adjust to whatever the environmental changes that happen to you, then you're, you're well on your way and at least you gave it your best shot. Because, I mean, for me – even though, even though I like to achieve whatever I say I'm going to do, at the end of the day, I know even if I didn't achieve it, I'll have no regrets because I put in the work throughout the whole process. Love it, dude. Joey, you're the man, dude. I'm rooting for you. Uh, if anyone doesn't follow you, you are, again, 60 ERA guy. You're staying committed to that so people can continue to uh, watch the journey on that. Is there anything else people should uh, keep an eye out for you? or anywhere else that people can find you besides your Instagram? Um, you can find me on YouTube too. I got a 60 year guy on YouTube. I'm going to start trying to do a little bit more of that where I have like a little more in-depth instruction videos once I uh, get some better equipment and uh, stay tuned. Heck yeah, dude. I'm excited. But dude, you, you're a current college D1 pitcher. I think you provided a lot of uh, valuable insight for not only pitchers, not only baseball players, but any athlete uh, showing them your timeline and, you know, things you're literally actively uh, overcoming. And I think it's given a lot of good uh, perspective to them. So thanks for joining, dude. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.